Good morning, everybody watching the live devotion. Uh, welcome to the Monday morning devotion here at Christ Life Ministries, coming to you live from my garage. <laughs> um, I just want to uh, just give a few minutes for people to come online and so that we can see who's on here and so on. So, uh, and then, then I'm going to start, <clears throat> I'm going to dedicate a few messages, a few of these uh, morning devotions to um, some end-time teachings and, and some, some questions that I've been receiving and because everybody is, is kind of tense about the end and tense about is this the rapture or is this the end of the world or uh, is this now what's going to happen and all those kind of things. And uh, I just want to read a few scriptures and these are the scriptures that are generally used in order to bring fear um, in, in this context. All right, so um, uh, I don't believe that God has anything, has an agenda of anything but the glory. I think I'm going to start reading. I'm going to start reading in Matthew chapter 23 just to get some context before we go into Matthew chapter 24. I'm, I'm mostly going to read. Um, hello, Niku. Bless you. And um, so I'm going to read this just to give you an idea of what Jesus was talking about, okay, and who he was speaking to. All right, so there are... There are places where Jesus speaks to the disciples, and there are places where Jesus speaks to the rulers of the day, the rulers of that present, that in that day that was the present rulership um, of the old covenant, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes, and they used the scriptures and the temple um, in order to rule and reign and lord over people, and um, they they invented even new laws but they themselves did not keep it and they could not keep it and it was that system that world uh, there's a lot of scriptures right through the bible where it refers to the world now that doesn't refer to the world everyone going out and smoking and dancing and drinking and that's not what he's saying the world it's speaking of is the world of the jews the world system created by the Jewish leaders according to uh, the, the Bible. So there it doesn't refer to um, hedonism. It doesn't there refer to the secular world. It refers to the Jewish world. All right? So just keep that in mind when you read the scriptures. So, for instance, in, um, in Hebrews, um, it speaks of the tabernacle. They had a tabernacle. It's describing the tabernacle, but it says, but it was one of this world. So it, one of this world, meaning it's firstly in a touch field sea realm, but secondly, it was one belonging to the system that was created by the Jews. <clears throat> and that system was not all what God said. Um, a lot of the stuff they invented themselves, they had their own traditions, they had their own rules and their own laws that they, that they made. And um, for instance, God never instituted the synagogues. Um, that is something that they picked up when they were in captivity in Babylonia and they, they invented the synagogues there and it was like by copying something that they were doing there. And then they, bring, they brought back the idea of the synagogues when they came back from Babylonian captivity. And in that time, incidentally, if you read 
um, from when they came back from Babylonian captivity until John the Baptist came, there was pretty much silence from God's side. There wasn't great signs and wonders and miracles performed, but they kept on with their rituals and they kept on doing their thing. So um, just a few scriptures to put a few things in context. Um, I love Second Corinthians three, and that's that's a very it's a big anchor point in my thinking. Um, but in Second Corinthians three, there's there's uh, two covenants and two systems basically uh, that's that's opposing one another, and he, and he describes the preaching of the law and the ministration of the condemnation and death engraved in letters on stone in in roundabout verse six and seven. And then he says, the new is the ministration of the Spirit. So um, the one that was instituted by Moses, the first one, uh, he says, it is one that was to fade and pass away. The glory faded. It was meant, says Galatians chapter 3, to be in effect until the seed should come. So there had to be an end to that system. There had to be an end to that world. There had to be an end to that covenant because it was a temporary thing. The law of Moses is not the eternal covenant. The eternal covenant was the promise made to Abraham before the law was instituted, where there was no quid pro quo, where God never expected anything back. He just said, I will bless you until all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. And Abraham believed and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And after God made the promise, he brought the, um, the covenant, and he said to Abraham, I will make a covenant with your seed, but first they must be in bondage for 400 years. So the seed uh, was in bondage in Egypt for 400 years, and it's about 430 years later, Moses led them out of Egypt through the Red Sea. And First Corinthians 6 says they were baptized into Moses under the cloud through the waters of the Red Sea, and on the other side the sea closed, and destroyed their background, all the Egyptians coming to, to, to try and get them. And they sang the song of Moses on the other side. And then they went through the desert, but they refused to believe. And um, when they got to, to the Jordan River, uh, they sent out the spies, and the spies came back and said, it's indeed a wonderful land. And then 10 verses 2 said, no, we're not going to take it because there's giants. And um, we were like grasshoppers in their eyes, and we were like grasshoppers in our own eyes. So because of their fear and their unbelief, they turned back. And, um, and then God uh, let that generation die out in the wilderness. And that was a generation of 40 years that died because of unbelief. So a generation generally, in today's modern t terms, it's about 30 years. But in bi biblical terms, it's more about 40 years. And so that generation went around the mountain, around the mountain, uh, and they all died except those, Joshua and Caleb, who, who believed. And they took the remainder of the people, and they, they took them into the promised land, and they subdued seven cities. And um, then they got the promise. So it was for, reserved for those who believed. All right, so uh, I want you to just, to just get this in the back of your mind. The law was there for a purpose for a certain time until uh, the reality of what the law foreshadowed and what the prophets prophesied about was established. Um, and then uh, God would 
would establish the New Testament, which is based on the promise made to Abraham uh, even before the law was given. And, and Abraham even received bread and wine from Melchizedek in the, in the valley after the battle. Right, so um, I want to, I, I'm saying these things just to give, give you some, some context. So the old had to pass away. The new had to come. And there's no mixture between the old and the new. So... Um, Jesus even said, no one takes an old garment and, and you know, a new garment and cuts out a patch and patches it on the old, for the old will not agree with the new. And he says, no one puts new uh, wine in old wineskins because it will burst and then all will be lost. So you can't mix the old and the new. So uh, the old finds its fulfillment in Jesus Christ and Jesus came to pay the price according to the old. I've said this millions of times. Um, he finished the old, and he took the, the price, the burden, everything that the Lord demanded, he paid it. He, he took the burden upon himself and went through death, and on the other side, he rose from the grave, and by that same spirit, that spirit he poured out to us, and that spirit is the new law. And that spirit is the New Testament. That spirit is the new covenant. So the Holy Spirit and having the Holy Spirit is the New Testament. It is the new law. It is the new government. So uh, the government is not laws engraved in written on stone. That's not God's government. A government that can be abused by people. But those who are surrendered to the Holy Spirit are the ones who are really ruling in the government of God, in the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom is not something that's going to come way in the future. Um, it is something that was already instituted. Uh, John the Baptist said, uh, Behold, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then Jesus came and he said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then uh, John the Baptist um, he, he baptized Jesus, and he, was, he received the Holy Spirit. He was born of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit descended upon him uh, in the form of a lighting and a dove, and there comes the kingdom. All right, so, so he receives the Holy Spirit, and from that moment, signs and wonders and miracles. All right, so Jesus said, you will do these works that I do, and even greater works because I go to my Father. So he went to the Father. He said, if you believe, you will do the works that I do, and even greater works because I go to my Father. So he has given to us the kingdom. He has given the kingdom not to those who were part of the old covenant system, who were born by flesh from the lineage of Abraham, but he, was, he gave the kingdom to those who, who are the spiritual seed of Abraham, who believed and was justified through faith as Abraham was. So it was preached to the Jews first, but he also given to the Gentiles because they rejected it. All right, so if we now look at Matthew chapter 23, now Jesus is starting and he's rebuking the leaders of this old system, okay? Uh, sorry, it's one thing I still wanted to say about the old. Uh, John 3 verse 30, John the Baptist was the last prophet of the Old Testament. He said, I must increase, he must, uh, I must decrease, he must increase. So the glory of the old faded out and passed away, and the glory of the new is an abiding, ever-increasing glory. Abiding means it's not going away. 
It's never leaving. It's with us forever because the word says Christ shall abide forever. So it is not, uh, it's not there until we all fly away. It's there. It's God will dwell in his people. He shall be our God and we shall be his people. Okay, so many, many things just touched on, referred to just giving background. But I just want to start reading here in Matthew chapter, oh my goodness, the time. Matthew chapter 23, then Jesus said to the multitudes and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat of, of authority. So observe and practice all they tell you, but do not do what they do. So he said the law of Moses was given by God and it was still in the time of the law of Moses. So it was still time to do what Moses said. For they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy loads hard to bear and place them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not lift a finger to help bear them. They do all their works to be seen of men, for they make wide their uh, phylacteries, whatever that is, small cases enclosing certain scripture passages worn during prayer. Okay, that's what it is. And make long their fringes worn by the male uh, Israelites according to the command. Okay. And they take pleasure in and thus love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues. So uh, they love the religious activity, but they do not love God that the activity was designed for. Okay. Verse 7. And to be greeted with honor in the marketplaces and to have people call them rabbi. Okay, so you get a lot of this kind of attitude in, in church circles as well. Um, that's why Jesus gave the, the warning to the, to the disciples and he says, uh, do, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. All right, so verse 8 says, but you are not to be called rabbi teacher, for you have one teacher. And you are all brothers. And do not call anyone in the church on earth father, for you have one father who is in heaven. Okay, so um, we have one father that we answer to. We have one father that we are born from. And we have one father that our hearts belong to. All right, verse 10. And you must not be called master's leaders, for you have one master leader, the Christ. He who is greatest among you shall be your servant. So he's just kind of turning everything upside down. Whoever exalts himself with haughtiness and empty pride shall be humbled. And whoever humbles himself, whoever has a modest opinion of himself and behaves accordingly, shall be raised to honor. So never try to raise yourself. Never try to put yourself in a position of absolute authority in the lives of people. Rather serve them and cause the authority of the Spirit of Christ to break yokes off of them and to, to help them, to heal the sick and to, to raise the dead and to help people wherever you can. Serve them with the good news and the gospel. And that will, that will cause uh, your life to be, uh, to be made uh, visible to all because God then can, can use you everywhere because your heart is not in your own honor. Verse 13, but woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Here comes the rebuke, pretenders, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. So the kingdom of heaven is not something that was far away. It said uh, it's near, it's at hand. You shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces, for you neither enter yourselves 
nor do you allow those who are about to go in to do so. And you see the same thing again today. A lot of people who like religious control and who like to have an opinion about everything that everyone is preaching, but they uh, themselves do not enter the kingdom. So there's no righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost in their lives, Romans chapter 14. There's no signs of the kingdom, which is through the rulership of the Spirit of God in and through them. There's no fruit of the Spirit. There's no signs and wonders and miracles. There's just people who have a form of godliness, but denying the power of it. They just have some kind of a philosophy or an idea, and they love to call the shots over other people's lives, but they themselves have no interest in God's power, in God's kingdom, in God's authority and rulership. Uh, they just have uh, an interest in positions. All right, so that's the kind of hypocrisy that Jesus is addressing here. So in verse 14, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, pretenders, hypocrites, for you swallow up widows' houses, and for a pretense to cover it up, make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive the greater condemnation and, will, uh, and the heavier sentence. Okay, so uh, we, we can't pray on, on people, especially on people who, who actually need our help. All right, we can't pray on people. Verse 15, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, pretenders, hypocrites, for you travel over sea and land to make a single proselyte. And when he becomes one, a proselyte, you make him doubly as much a child of hell as you are. Okay, so this kind of thing and this, this leaven, they, they try to teach people and make them like themselves. Um, if you just think of um, Saul, who sat at the feet of Gamaliel, um, and he was the Pharisee of Pharisees, and he eventually breathed hatred and murder out against the church, and he persecuted the church uh, to such an extent that Jesus had to knock him off his horse himself. So he, was, he, he thought he was doing God a favor by persecuting the church and by killing the Christians. So it's much the same as the saying here, verse 16, Woe to you blind guides who say, If anyone swears by the sanctuary of the temple, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the sanctuary, he is a debtor. You blind fools, for which is greater, the gold of the sanctuary or the temple that has made the gold sacred? You say too, whoever swears by the altar is not duty bound, but whoever swears by the offering of the altar is oath binding. You blind men. Which is greater, the gift or the altar which makes the gift sacred? So whoever swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it. And he who swears by the sanctuary of the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And whoever swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits upon it. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, pretenders, hypocrites. Something that Jesus said right throughout the New Testament. Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. For you give a tenth of your mint and dill and cumin, and have neglected and omitted the weightier, more important matters of the, word, of the law, right and justice and mercy and fidelity. These you ought particularly uh, to have done without neglecting the others. You blind guides, filtering out a gnat and gulping down a camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, pretenders, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and of the plate, but within they are full of extortion, prey, spoil, plunder, and grasping self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and of the plate, so that the outside may be clean also. 
Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, pretenders, hypocrites, for you are like the tombs that have been whitewashed, which look beautiful on the outside, but inside you are full of dead men's bones and everything impure. Just so you also outwardly seem to people to be just and upright, but inside you are full of pretense and lawlessness and iniquity. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, pretenders, hypocrites, for you build tombs for the prophets and decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, if we had lived in the days of our forefathers, we would not have aided them in shedding the blood of the prophets. Thus you are testifying against yourselves that you are the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Okay, so it's right through. You can read it in Acts chapter 7 also. He said, which of the prophets did your forefathers not persecute and murder? And now you even murdered him by hanging him on the tree. And then they, they gnashed their teeth at him and they screamed and they jeered and they, they ran towards uh, Stephen and they, they stoned him. All right, verse 32, fill up then the measure of your father's sins to the brim, so that nothing may be wanting to a full measure. You serpents. Okay, so uh, right from the beginning, the devil was called a serpent and a dragon. And um, Jesus or, or, or God said to Adam and Eve, after the sin in the, in the garden in, in Genesis chapter 3, he said to he said, the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the seed of the serpent. He didn't say this, the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. He said it shall bruise the head of the seed of the serpent. And um, so the seed of the woman is Jesus. And the seed of the serpent, you can re read right through the New Testament, Matthew chapter 12, you are a brood of vipers. Uh, you offspring of the devil. In John chapter 8, he calls them, you are of your father the devil, because he was a liar from the beginning. Uh, you, you seek to do the lusts of your father, and therefore you seek to kill me. Okay, so, so he calls them serpents, and he calls them the seed of serpents. Okay, so they get their nature directly from the deceiver, the serpent in the tree of knowledge. Okay, you serpents, you spawn of vipers, how can you escape the penalty to be suffered in hell? Because of this, take notice, I'm sending you prophets and wise men, interpreters and teachers, and scribes, men learned in Moses in the Mosaic Law and the Prophets, some of them you will kill, even crucify, and some you will flog in your synagogues and pursue and persecute from town to town, so that upon your heads may come all the blood of the righteous, those who correspond to the divine standard of right shed on earth, from the blood of the righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar of offerings of burnt offerings. Truly I declare to you, all these evil calamitous times will come upon this generation. This is really important to understand. He speaks of this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, murdering the prophets and stoning those who are sent to you. How often would I how often would I have gathered your children together as a mother fowl gathers her brood under her wings, and you refused? Behold, your house is forsaken and desolate, abandoned and left destitute of God's help. For I declare to you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
uh, he's referring to the wings. And there was a psalm of Moses, psalm, psalm 91, those who dwell um, in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the wings of the Almighty. Okay. All right. So, but you refused. Okay, verse 38. Behold, your house is forsaken and desolate, abandoned, and left destitute of God's help. Okay. So he's speaking to them. He said, you are destitute of God's help. So what is God's help? He sends the helper, which is the Holy Spirit. And they are destitute of the Spirit. They are operating without the Spirit. Okay, verse 39. For I declare to you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Okay, so now he's starting to prophesy the destruction of Jerusalem. So he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, um, how I longed to gather you like a hen gathers the chickens. Okay, so he's speaking to Jerusalem. He's speaking of Jerusalem. He's speaking of the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And he's speaking of those under the temple system of the day. He says, Matthew chapter 24, Jesus departed from the temple area and was going on his way when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to the buildings of the temple and point out to him. But he answered them, do you see all these? Looking at the beautiful temple. Truly, I tell you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Okay, so... In the year 70 AD, the Romans put Jerusalem under siege and everything was burnt down. And there was such a persecution. There was such a destruction. It was such a terrible time. Um, it, it was just unbearable. And the temple was burned down. And because of that, the gold started melting and went in between the, in between the stones that the temple was built with. So the people broke down all the stones to retrieve the gold that, was, that leaked in between the stones. Which means that no stone was left upon another. It was completely torn down and destroyed. So Jesus said... I will break down this temple and in three days I will building up referring to his body. And from that moment on, the temple was not the temple uh, in Jerusalem. The temple was the body in which the spirit of God dwells. You need to remember that from the beginning of, of this, the sanctuary and, you know, the tabernacle um, ideas that where Moses showed the pattern of the tabernacle, God showed the pattern of the tabernacle to Moses. The idea was that God would dwell with his chosen people, the Jews, on the Ark of the Covenant, which would be in the tabernacle behind the veil of the Holy of Holies. And that tabernacle was specifically a tabernacle because it was supposed to be a temporary thing, okay? And it moved around with them. Okay, so, um, and the tabernacle now refers to us. We are now the temple of the Holy Ghost. Okay, so there was, there was, there was something hidden in that because it was a, a tabernacle that was later made a permanent structure, a temple, uh, which referred to what would happen. The whole temple system was the temporary thing. 
and the fulfillment, the permanent thing of God abiding in us would be in the church, which is the body of Christ, which is every believer. So God dwells permanently in everyone who is in Christ, in everyone in whom Christ is. All right, so we are now the temple. The temple will never, ever be rebuilt because the body of Jesus was raised from the dead. And now we are risen with him. That's yesterday's message. And because of that, we are now the temple, the, the dwelling place of God. Okay, even Revelation says, behold, the dwelling place of God, the abode of God is with men. All right. So let's keep on reading. Verse 3, while he was seated on the mount of olives, the disciples came to him privately and said, tell us, when will this take place? And what will be the sign of your coming? And to the, to the end, the completion, the consummation of the age. He didn't say the end of the earth. They said the end of the age, okay, because there was an end imminent. Verse 4, Jesus answered them, be careful that no one misleads you, deceiving you and leading you into error. Okay, so um, if you want to take these scriptures and apply it to the time that we are in now, you are deceived and you are being led into error because this is not what Jesus was referring to. Verse 5, for many will come in on the strength of my name, appropriating the name which belongs to me, saying, I am the Christ, the Messiah, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of, of wars. See that you are not frightened or troubled, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. Okay, so everyone says, okay, if there's wars and rumors of wars and all those things, oh, then everybody rejoices because it's the end. It's, it says, even if you take the scripture for today's time, it says it's not the end. So relax, okay? Verse 7. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in place after place. And this is but the beginning, the early pains, the birth pangs of the intolerable anguish. anguish. Okay. So it's the birth pangs of something greater, something new that, uh, that was coming into the earth. A new time, a new age, a new, I'm not new age, don't get me wrong, it's a, it's a, it's a new testament that was established, it is a new time, it's a new era, okay, verse 9, then they will hand you over to suffer affliction and tribulation and put you to death and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and repelled and will begin to distrust and desert him whom they thought whom they uh, ought to trust and obey, and will stumble and fall away and betray one another and pursue one another with hatred. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive and lead many into error. And the love of the great body of people will grow cold because of the multiplied lawlessness and iniquity. But he who endures to the end will be saved." And this good news of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then will come the end. Okay, so Paul first had to go to all the different nations. Paul first had to go to every different place which was the known world of that time. And then could come the end, which was 70 AD, which is roughly about a generation's time 
after Jesus was speaking these words. But we'll get to that. Verse 15. So when you see the appalling sacrilege, the abomination that astonishes and makes desolate, spoken by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place, let the reader take notice and ponder and consider and heed this. Just because we see lawlessness and wickedness and lewdness all over today doesn't mean that the scripture is referring to it. It's nothing new. Do you know that the, that the Romans had orgies in their, in their uh, places? I, I mean, uh, nothing of this is, is new. It, uh, people have been wicked throughout all generations. People have been falling away from God in every generation. Verse 16. Then let... Those who are in Judea flee to the, to the mountains. So um, everyone now says we're going to flee to the mountains. But what do you do if you live in, in the free state? Or, okay, east of free state has mountains. Or if you live in a place that's really flat, Botswana, what are you going to do then? What are you going to do if you live in Nebraska? It's really flat. So where are you going to flee then? If, if you think that this is literally going to happen in our time and in our day, Listen, uh, there's not enough mountains for all the billions of people in the world to flee to. This was speaking of that generation. He was speaking of those who actually are in Judea. Verse 17, let him who is on the housetop not come down and go into the house to take anything. Let him who is in the field not turn back to get his overcoat. And alas, for the women who are pregnant and for those who have nursing babies in those days, pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation, affliction, distress, and oppression, such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now, no, and never will be again. Okay, so I want to stress this. God says it wasn't, haven't been such a tribulation from the beginning, and still, from this point, never again will be. So there's a time afterwards where people will not experience the great tribulation like this. Can you see this? Until now, no and never will be again. So there will never be a tribulation such as this one. And this tribulation was fulfilled. You can, you can if you want to do the research, you can read the... Um, the writings of the historian Josephus, who, uh, who was a Pharisee, and he wrote everything of the siege of Jerusalem in detail, fulfilling the scripture, Matthew 24, in detail. Verse 22, and if those days had not been shortened, no human being would endure or survive, but for the sake of the elect, God's chosen ones, those days will be shortened. If anyone says to you, then behold, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise, and they will show great signs and wonders so as to deceive and lead astray if people, even the elect, God's chosen ones. Okay, so if lying people come to show signs, it will be lying signs. Okay, it's not going to be true signs and wonders. If there's a false prophet, surely there will be a true one. If there's a false Christ, surely there will be a true one. So who is the true Christ? Jesus is the true Christ. Who are the true Christs? Those who are filled with Christ, those who are in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ in them. It is the same spirit, the same anointing, the same Christ dwelling in the earth now as was on the person of Jesus Christ. That doesn't make me as a believer the Christ. It makes me Christian, 
makes me one that pertains to the Christ, one that is filled with and believes in the Christ. Okay, so if there's a false one, there must be a true one. No one makes a false 120 rand note because there's not a true one. The false one is only counterfeit of a true one. Okay, so just because there's false prophets doesn't mean that there's, true, uh, that there's no true prophets. Okay, and we need to get this. Uh, the false are always less than the true ones. Okay, so no one, there's, there's not more falsified money than true money. So there's not more false prophets than, than true prophets. Okay, verse 25. See, I have warned you beforehand. So he's speaking to the disciples that asked him about what will happen. I have warned you beforehand. Um, verse 26. So if they say to you, behold, he is in the wilderness, do not go out there. If they, if they tell you, behold, he's in the secret places or in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For just as the lightning flashes from the east and shines and is seen as far as the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, this coming does not refer to the last day um, with, with the resurrection as referred to in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And I will tell you the reason why now. It speaks of a coming or a visitation. And this is the fulfillment of the wrath uh, revealed to the, the houses of Israel because of their unbelief. As was uh, actually prophesied by Daniel already. Okay, So um, Daniel prophesied the end. You know, I, I can't give attention to that now. But he spoke about the... the, uh, the uh, 70 weeks of years and um, and the destruction and the end that is at that this is exactly the fulfilled fulfillment to, to of this from day to date that's the fulfillment of it the the fulfillment is the burning down of Jerusalem 70 AD of the prophecy of Daniel also the 70 weeks of years okay but we we're not going to uh, in a later session, we look at that. So, verse 28. Wherever there is a fallen body or corpse, there the vultures will flock together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not shed its light and the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and beat their breasts and lament in anguish and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory in brilliancy and splendor. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds, even from one end of the universe to the other. From the fig tree, Learn this lesson. As soon as its young shoots uh, become soft and tender and puts out its leaves, you know of a surety that summer is near. So also, when you see these signs all taken together coming to pass, you may know of a surety that he is near at the very door. Okay. Truly, I tell you, this generation, verse 34, it has to happen in this generation. This generation is not over 2,000 years long. It says, truly I tell you, this generation, the whole multitude of people living at the same time in a definite given period. So that's a generation, all the people living today. 
Okay, this generation will not pass away till all these things taken together will take place. So I don't know if you've seen people and all of those people in Jerusalem living for 2,000 years. Maybe we'd like to do a documentary about them, but uh, there's no such people. And they just lived for that generation was 30 or 40 years. So it says this generation taken together, it must take place. So remember, if you, if you count the years roughly, I mean, Jesus was crucified when he was 33. And, um, and from there, another 40 years easily gets you to 70 AD. Okay, so it was that generation. Okay, sky and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But of that exact day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As were the days of Noah, as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Sorry if I take a little time on this. I just want to finish the chapter because there's so much questions about this. Verse 38. For just as those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, men marrying and women being given in marriage, until the very day when Noah went into the ark, and they did not know or understand until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. So this coming there is speaking of 70 AD, the burning down of Jerusalem, the fulfillment of the wrath poured out on Jerusalem because of their unbelief to take the new. Because they also they never obeyed the law that was given. All right, so, so the wrath had to come to them so because they rejected Christ. All right, so, um, so in the days of Noah, what happened? If you read the, the book of uh, Peter, 1 Peter chapter 3, it says it was uh, Jesus went in spirit to the, to the prison to preach to those who were disobedient in the days of Noah. Um, and then it's, it starts speaking of them. The eight in number were saved through water. So Noah and his family... Was they were the righteous, they were the only ones believing, and they were saved. Who was taken away? All the unrighteous people were taken off the earth. And Moses, uh, um, Noah built that ark for a hundred years, and for a hundred years he pled with all those people. He said, Please repent. And he pled with them, said, Come into the ark, there's a flood coming. And they did not, they did not want to. So the destruction came. What happened? They were washed away. Who was left over? Who remained at the end of the flood? Who remained after that judgment? Well, Noah and his family, the righteous. Now, if we read this, at that time, two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Oh, there's going to be a rapture. And they're going to rapture. The one pilot is going to be raptured. And the other one will not know what's going on. And you're on the, the planes will crash and the buses will crash. And Hey, that's fictional books. Stop reading that trash. Okay? So it's not the righteous that's going to be raptured. It's not the righteous that's going to be taken away. He says... At that time, two men will be in the field. One will be taken, one will be left. Okay, so who, who's left? Who was left in the days of Noah? It, said it will be like the days of Noah. The righteous was left. So the unrighteous would be taken away. Okay, two women will be grinding at the hand mill. One will be taken, one will be left. So who was left? The righteous one, the obedient one. The one who endured to the end. 
Verse 42, watch therefore, give strict attention, be cautious and active. For you do not know in what kind of a day or whether near or remote one uh, the Lord is coming. But understand this, had the householder known in what part of the night, whether in a night or a morning watch, the thief was coming, he would have watched and would, have allowed, would not have allowed his house to be undermined and broken into. You also must be ready, therefore, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect him. All right. So um, they didn't know it was coming. So they were placed under siege and they couldn't get out. And the whole city was completely destroyed. Verse 45. Who then is the faithful, thoughtful, and wise servant? whom his master has put in charge of his household to give to others the food and supplies at the proper time. Blessed is that servant whom when his master comes, he will find so doing. I solemnly declare to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if the servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is delayed and going to be gone in a long time and begins to beat his fellow servants to eat and drink with the drunken, the master of the servant will come on a day when he does not expect him at an hour of which he is not aware and will punish him, will cut him by scourging and put him with the pretenders, the hypocrites, there will be weeping and grinding of teeth. All right. Now he starts with the, some kingdom parables. <clears throat> I want you to see, because we are way over our time, um, and this is not, this is, these are not really things that I enjoy to focus on very much. Um, but I want you to get this. That these things that Jesus prophesied and these things that he was speaking about was to take place at the end of Matthew 23 in this generation, in the end of, uh, or in the middle of Matthew 24 in this generation. Okay, so it was spoken of for that time. Um, the tribulation that came was clearly, according to historical records, the burning down of Jerusalem when, when the Romans put Jerusalem under siege. Jesus said, no tribulation was like that one, and there will never be one like that. So this is the question. Is, is tribulation coming? Is this what God is planning for the earth? Does God want tribulations? It says, oh, there will be pestilence, and there will be this, and there will be that, and there will be earthquakes. Hey, there's earthquakes daily all over the world, okay? Uh, there's wars all over the world all the time, okay? If there's people, there's war. Okay, so that's not a sign that, that Jesus is coming again. That's not a sign. A sign that Jesus is coming again is rather when the church start looking like Jesus. It says in 1 John chapter 3, it says, We do not know what we will be here after, but we know this. When he comes, we will resemble him, like him, for we will see him as he truly is. So he's not coming until the church resemble him, until Christ is formed in us, Galatians chapter 4. So we need to understand this. These scriptures are not to be taken um, with the newspaper to try and explain them in our current time. And that's why you get titles of books like 88 Reasons Why the Rapture Will Take Place in 1988. It never does. So uh, if, you, if you really love these rapture teachings and if you really love these end time things, 
Haven't you noticed that all of the predictions were wrong? Haven't you noticed that every date that they prophesied was wrong and it didn't happen as they said? And no one repented. No one said sorry. No one said, oh my goodness, we missed it. I think it's time for us to just say, listen, let God be the one that declares the seasons and the times, as he said in, in Acts chapter 1. It is not for us to know those things, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses unto the ends of the earth. So we need to be his witnesses unto the ends of the earth, and we need to take the gospel to every creature and preach the gospel by the power of of the Holy Spirit. That's the command that God gave us. My friend Marnus always says this. Um, if, you know, if we don't understand why Jesus came in the first place, let's, let's not get too carried away about when he's coming again. Okay? He is coming again. Okay? Um, because he's bringing with them all those who have died in Christ, all those who have fell asleep in death. And I touched on that yesterday, First Thessalonians chapter 4. Um, it does not mean um, he's coming and to meet them to take them away. He's coming to meet them to, to come. He, there's no word of going anywhere in that scripture passage. Okay. In this scripture passage, one will be taken, one will be left. It says, connected to the days of Noah, and the righteous was left. Blessed are the righteous, for they shall inherit the earth. It doesn't say the world. It says the earth. So this planet is God's creation, and God wants this creation to be, to be set free from bondage in decay, Romans chapter 8. And the creation will enter into the glorious liberty of the sons of God when we as sons understand who we are and manifest as sons, when death will be swallowed up in life. So we need to get this. God's plan is to bring life. God's plan is to bring glory. He says, as, as, um, as sure as I live, and the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters covers the sea. So that, that's God's agenda, not tribulation. God's plan is not tribulation. The tribulation came and went. It's over. It's done. The old was finished. The new was instituted. There was a time where the two kind of overlapped. Since the cross, Jesus brought the new. So the new began at the cross. And the fading out of the old took, dragged on until 70 AD. And 70 AD, it was all destroyed. You will not find anything that the Bible speaks again today on this earth. The old is completely gone. Everything that you see was established later on. Everything that you see of, of those nations, of, of their, um, those things that they did, everything of it was established later. It was 70 AD, it was ended, and it was destroyed, and it was finished. All right. So Jesus ended it in, in, at the cross. He said, it is finished. And the manifestation of that system to be completely destroyed, the temple to be burnt down and destroyed, and the whole of it to be stopped, dragged on until about 70 AD, where it was all destroyed. They, they still got a window of opportunity in which they could believe and receive the gospel. Okay, I hope this puts some light on it. Um, if you have any questions and you have any scriptures that's bothering you about this, please uh, comment or, or rather inbox me, send me an inbox about the scriptures that's bothering you about the end times. And we will look at a few of those things um, in the next few days. Um, so if, if you're not really interested in the end times, um, you know, sorry, but I feel I have to talk about this because everybody's 
everybody's losing their minds about the end times at the moment. Okay, so like every time when there's a big world event, everyone screams end times and everybody freaks out. It's not going to happen. It's, we're not going to be raptured. Jesus is coming and he's bringing those who died with him, resurrecting them from the grave, and the earth will be recreated and the earth will be filled with glory. Uh, let your kingdom come in earth as it is in heaven. Okay, so all the scriptures need to match up, not just six. Not just a few ones that actually match up with our Ischenot or the U or with the Sunday Times or... Come on, people. Okay, so uh, if you're very angry with me, forgive me. Uh, please, before you uh, start crucifying me on social media, I don't care either way, but before you start crucifying me on social media, rather ask your question that's, uh, or, or the thing that you are convinced of. Send me a message and... and uh, I will answer you according to scripture. Uh, if I don't know, I say I, I don't know. All right? But if you, if you disagree with me, you are welcome to disagree with me. Whether you believe in end times or not, does it really matter? Because we believe in the cross. That's the thing that ties us together. So if you receive righteousness by grace, then you're fine to be, then you're righteous before God. Then you're fine even if the end times are true also. So, does it really matter? I don't think so. But because of the fear and because of the destruction that this causes in the lives of people, I need to address this. All right, so uh, I just want to remove all of the fear off of you, all of the expectation of doom and gloom and tribulation. Um, God is not into that. God is not into pestilences. He says in Psalm 91, uh, no, it's, no evil will come near your dwelling place, uh, it, nor the, the pestilence or sudden death that, that lies awake at noonday. It, it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be coming to you. It's not God's agenda. It's not God's will. All right. So um, just because you see something in the world that's destruction doesn't mean it's God. Uh, it's not the end, and it's not gonna be the rapture ever. All right. So bless you. Thank you for watching. Um, I'm, I may lose some favor. Don't really care. Um, but yeah, this is maybe the reason why I don't speak about this often, because the other stuff that I preach will be much more beneficial to you. <laughs> so um, I believe the gospel and the message of the cross is what we need to focus on. All right. So be blessed. Enjoy your day. And if you have any questions, please send it to me. Amen.